Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Ladies, have you ever had one of those uncomfortable headlight moments? Don't you want to be heard without distraction? Bezzy broad discs are your solution. Go to justwantedtoask.com and look for Bezzy broad discs. everyone. Today I'm pleased to welcome Gail Gruenberg. Gail is the Chief Executive Organizer of Let's Get Organized, LLC. Based in Northern New Jersey, she is a certified professional organizer in chronic disorganization, certified virtual professional organizer, and an organizer coach. Gail is the organizing expert with the lifestyle brand, Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, which is featured on the Conversation with Joan show on New York's AM 970 and iHeartRadio, and regularly contributes articles to the brand's online forum. Gail speaks and writes about chronic disorganization and is frequently featured in international publications and online media. Gail is also the author of Get the Big O, Organized, of course, Seven Steps to Your Most Satisfying Life, and has several other books in the works. Gail is also a member and serial leader in the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals and the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. Let's Get Organized has been consistently voted the number one professional organizing firm in Bergen County, New Jersey. Welcome, Gail. I am so happy to see you here. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be here with you. So, organization and disorganization. Um, I'm fascinated with the topic because I have my own challenges. So, tell us how you got into this. Um, how it all came about? Well, the long story or the short story? (laughs) The short story is I jumped in with two feet. The longer story is I had been a certified public accountant and I was miserable. I have since recovered. And while I was still practicing, uh, a colleague of mine Um, knew I wasn't particularly happy in the profession. And she said, you know, Gail, in my networking, I met this woman who's a professional organizer, and I think you'd be really good at that. And I thought, of course. So to me, it was a lightning strike. I took off a month, which was in November of 2003, and figured, okay, let me see what I can do with this. So I, I started it up and reached out to everybody I knew within a few hours, literally, I had my first pro bono client and the rest, as they say, is history. Well, so many of us are challenged. And as an accountant, of course, 
you put things in the right places and it's all a numbers game. But in our stuff, both mentally and physically, um, that seems such a challenge. So where do you start? Well, it depends. Um, if, uh, okay, I specialize mainly in residential organizing, but I do some small businesses as well. And often the question I ask a client is, what bothers you the most? So that is one option. Another is what would have the most immediate visual or emotional impact? And we might start with that. Um, so it could be, say, in a home, it could be the kitchen. It could be one closet. Um, it could be paperwork. Same in an office. Whatever is, maybe what's whatever is most screaming loudly. <laughs> in my house that are screaming as we speak. So you have a seven-step organizing process. Tell us more about that. Yes, I call it my seven C's because each of the steps begins with a C and it's the process that we follow when we're in the field with clients. Would you like me to tell you about them? Oh, please do. Okay. The first is what we... We start out with is consulting and forgive me, I'm just going to move something over here. And consulting is, is very simple. It's really just, we, we talk, we have a good conversation and we find out what is not working in a client's world that we find out the big, why, why does someone want to get organized? Because most of the time it's not about the stuff. It might be more about the need to, I will use my tagline, make space for blessings. And maybe they need to create space for an older family member to come in or uh, the adult children are leaving the house or whatever it is, or they need to downsize to a, a smaller place. So we figure out the big why. And we also figure out what are the core values of the client? What do they most hold dear? Who do they most look up to? So that we get a good picture of who the client is. And then we can start to figure out what systems might work. The second step, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll say that again. The second step is to consider. And that's when we get into a little bit more of how their brains work. We talk about what challenges they might be facing, whether there are space constraints or financial challenges or physical challenges. And then we talk about their strengths and their talents, which can be a little bit more difficult because it's so much easier for someone to say, oh, this is, you know, this is what's bothering me. We tend to have a bit of a negativity bias often. So figuring out what's really good about someone when they start to talk about themselves, it's a little more uncomfortable. Um, and many people, they should on themselves. They say I should be able to get organized. But there are a lot of things that I can't do because that's not in my wheelhouse that they are very, very good at. So we try to pull that to the fore. Um, people also have their own processing styles of how they take in information. Um, many people are familiar with there's tactile, auditory, and, and uh, visual, but there are so many others as well. There could be cognitive, there could be emotional. So we get into that. Then we get into the actual hands-on. So step number three is clear. And that's, that's kind of the easy step. That is 
if you're say addressing a small space, which is what I usually recommend, say a drawer or a shelf, start small because then you can see an immediate impact. Just empty everything out of the shelf or off the shelf, out of the drawer, and you're starting with a fresh new space, a clean palette. Clean it. You're st- now that, in my opinion anyway, I think that has an added bonus because if you're using maybe a cleaning agent that smells good, you're, there's a little bit, little bit of aromatherapy there in that you're elevating your mood and you see this, this wonderful opportunity in this clear space. Now we get into the more challenging parts. And step four is to categorize. Now, I'll just say an aside that categorizing is an executive function. And the brain, um, the prefrontal cortex of the brain is what we call the orchestra conductor of the brain. It tends to coordinate all of the things that a body or a brain can do. So if the prefrontal cortex is not properly stimulated, uh, where is where, which is where the executive functions live, then organizing can be a bit of a challenge. So in categorizing, first what we want to do is look at what came out of the drawer or off the shelf. And we sort it into similar items. It, we colloquially say put like with like. And for every person, that could be different. Um, Say you're sorting books, for instance, that came off a shelf. You can sort in many different ways, such as by author, by size, by color, um, by title. You know, so everyone is going to have their own way of looking at how to sort. And as an organizer, we have to be adaptable to the way the client thinks because what we say might work for us may not work for somebody else. So there's no one size fits all. Then we have to decide and deciding too can be a little bit of a challenge for many people because we are inundated with so many, you know, so much information on a daily basis that it's really, really hard to come up with the criteria to make a decision So that's where I, I, as an organizer, we try to help. Okay, so what are the criteria? What are the rules we need to set for deciding what to keep and what we don't keep? Um, Maybe you have multiple copies of a book and you really need just one. Or if you're doing a closet, for instance, maybe you have 10 pairs of black pants or 12 pairs of black shoes or whatever it is. So figuring out which really fit your need and your lifestyle and the space available. Then we figure out, you know, this we keep, this we don't. Once we decide what is being kept and what isn't being kept, we also talk about what are decluttering resources. So if there's a disacquiring action, where are those items going? Okay, so that was step four. Step five is contain, which is where many people tend to start. Many people will say, just tell me what I need to get and I'll be organized. But if we don't go through those first four steps, then the container may not be the right container. And then you're stuck with all of these bins or boxes or baskets or whatever it is that just may not be fitting your your lifestyle. So choosing a container has a lot of aspects to it. 
Um, you know, some people are out of sight, out of mind. So an opaque container would not be a good choice. Um, some people think horizontally, some people think vertically. So we really need to figure out the way somebody thinks before we can choose a container and we know that which is to be contained. <laughs> um, one of the techniques that I really like is once we, we do contain, put a label on it. Whatever the label is, it might be something lovely. And I, I did actually bring back my, my own favorite label maker. I don't think they make this anymore. It's a brother PT 65. It's ancient. It's probably a good 20 years old, but it's, you know, it's, it's hefty and it, it works. So it might be a physical label with words. It might be pictures. Um, then it might be colors, which will be the next Thing I talk about, which is color coding. Um, but also labels could be the space in which you're doing an activity. And many people sometimes, well, sometimes get hung up on, well, okay, this is the, the living room. I have to use it for that express purpose, or this is the dining room and we have to eat in the dining room. But if having a dining room doesn't fit your lifestyle, because that's not who you are and you're not entertaining and you're not, you know, a fancy person, whatever, and it makes more sense to have a home office in that space or a playroom or uh, a, a room for an elderly relative who needs to convalesce. Well, by all means, label that room with how it's being used. It doesn't have to be, you know, so, so rigid. Um, I alluded to color coding, which is one of my absolute favorite techniques. I do color code everything as much as I possibly can. And I suggest to my clients that they do the same. Because it's very visual, many people are visual processors, and many people who have um, who live with chronic disorganization or are challenged by disorganization, it's a very easy way for them to see at a glance what they need when they need it, and to determine what is out of place. Uh, and it's also a great way to categorize um, sequencing, storing things in the order in which you use them. I have recently found that to be a novel concept with some of my clients because I was working with a lady whose mugs were on the other side of the room and then she went to the fridge on the other side of the room for the water and then the coffee pot was on the table and it it really it was really difficult for her to make a, a simple cup of coffee because all of the steps were so spread out and her mobility is very limited whereas you know, for someone who's more of a, a kinesthetic processor, that system would have made total sense. So she can move around a lot, but moving for her is very difficult. So putting things, you know, at, at your hand in the order in which you use them, huge time saver, and it's a great way to contain. Okay, step six is control, which can be a little challenging or it could be easy. If the system was properly set up and we went through those first five steps well, and the system matches the way that the client is able to function, great. Control is maintenance. So the maintenance should be a bit easy. And setting up a schedule so that it's consistent and just staying mindful and being present of the way someone is using the system and following through using the system to see if it does in fact work and then tweaking it a bit if if something is a little bit off. So that's where the control comes in and it's just, it's maintenance. 
Step number seven is coach. Often when we're organizing, some very deep emotions bubble up. And the coach step does tend to appear throughout the other steps so that we can unpack what a client is feeling or thinking or the voices in someone's head that may not be their own. So we address that as we go, as well as say at the end of a session or at the end of a project, what worked, what didn't work, excuse me, what worked, what didn't work, what could we do differently next time? What was the learning? Um, how will you go forward now? And it's, it's just fascinating. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. I have to tell you, as you were going through the list, I'm picturing everything that I need to do. And when you talked about containers, I am really good about filling a giant container with everything off my dining room table and then out of sight, out of mind, and I just stack them up. And then every once in a while, I go back and say, wait a minute, I've got to do something about that. So I go into it and try to clean. But um, yeah, there's just so much to do. And it's wonderful the way you lay it out because it makes it... Uh, it, it makes it possible to visualize. And because it makes sense, I can see that that would be extremely helpful, especially to me. Thank you. And then do you also help people find new homes for that which needs to leave their immediate space? Oh, yes, very much so. We are always doing research as to what's the destination for things that people can no longer use so that we try to think green and altruistic. Yeah, that's so important. But it also gives you a peace of mind, a sense of peace of mind as well. Um, because then uh, most people who uh, collect, <laughs> to be gentle, who collect, I tell people that basically um, my immediate environment looks like I'm a hoarder, which I'm not. But I've got multiple business go businesses going, and I've got stuff that it is it seems to be everywhere. So obviously, I need to deal with that. Um, but a lot of stuff could be used by somebody else, and I would hate to throw it out. Uh, so that is that's really good to know. So tell us about your book as well. Uh, get the big O. <sighs> I'm so excited for this book. I love the title because it's a little off color, but it's just O is for organized. <laughs> and essentially it will take the reader through these seven steps. And at the end of each chapter, and each chapter is a C, uh, there are worksheets for someone to consider, you know, what are my processing styles? What could I use as a container? What did bubble up for me as I went along the process? So there's a lot of introspection involved as well as some learning. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Um, I'm definitely going to have to get it because that sounds like a worksheet that I could actually work with. Um, and so, but you help people get organized on a lot of different levels. Yes. So in terms of, let's say I have an office and I've got all of this clutter everywhere you would also help uh, 
categorize and work with that as well. Yes. In fact, the first thing that came to mind was creating zones for the multiple businesses. Each business could have its own zone. Color coding files, if that's applicable, um, you know, even if it's digital files, we would figure out a system for that so that if you needed clear counter space or, or, or clear horizontal surfaces, so you would have a, a clearer mind in order to process each individual business, I would probably approach it like that. That's really good. <laughs> I could certainly need, use that. Um, because very often it's not just the clutter around us, but it's the internal, the internalization of the clutter that ends up holding us back. Oh, yes. Because we get overwhelmed and it's very difficult to function clearly when you're emotionally and physically in overwhelm. Oh, very much. We shut down. There is paralysis, brain paralysis when we get overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, and that's why my pod space, which is where I'm sitting, is a wonderful place for me. I'm always happy here. Um, so where can people find your book? I am in the process of getting it published. So I am hoping to have it live in early 2023. The goal is March 1st of 2023. But in the meantime, for your listeners, I would be more than happy to send them a PDF. Excellent. And um, when, when people need your assistance, do they, where do they start with you? Can they start at ground zero with, I now have to start? Or um, do you prefer that they have an idea of, where they're going and what their needs are. I prefer to meet people where they are. If they have already decided that, and I'll probably paraphrase the quote by Anayi Nin, that the time came when the pain of staying in the bud was worse than the pain of blooming. If they've already made the decision to reach out for help, regardless of if they're not really sure of what the, the solution will be for them, then I will meet them there and we will talk about like, okay, this is where you are now. This is where you're thinking of going. Let's figure out a bridge to get you from here to there. And if someone has an idea of where they want to be, not necessarily a time frame, great. It makes it a little bit easier. But I think just that first step of first acknowledging that there is a challenge, that they there is a problem, whatever, and the strength that they've shown by reaching out for help, that is the hardest part. And once they've done that, the rest of it can be much easier. Um, one of the other things that you mentioned was sometimes you meet people in their physical space and sometimes you meet them um, uh, through a Zoom or some other online uh, space. Talk about that a little. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, okay. I will say that it can be a bit easier for the organizer to be in a physical space because then we may, in, in the way that we process information, we may 
feel the space a little bit more and get a different perspective for the size and the shape and the function. Um, and, and some people are intuitive. So we might actually absorb some of the energy in the space and then come up with solutions. Um, and it's fun, at least for people like me, I love, I love to get hands-on with my clients and, and do a lot of the organizing alongside the client. And the virtual organizing is a different kind of skill because we literally have, you know, maybe an inch square, if, if that's what we have, or, you know, just a few inches on a screen. And we're seeing just a small bit of the, the situation if it's a physical space. So we need to be able to extrapolate from that small view what the bigger picture could be. As well, it, it's, it could be easier for the client, because we see just a small bit of it, to focus on a small bit at a time, because looking at something overall can be extremely overwhelming, and that's when they shut down. That's good to know. So anybody listening can um, get on your schedule for uh, to meet and discuss what their needs are, which yes. is excellent. And I know that you have a calendar so that people can uh, set up a, a virtual coffee meeting with you to discuss their needs. Yes, indeed. Which is wonderful. Uh, so where can people find you? The best way is to go to the website, which is www.lgorganized.com. Excellent. And that information will be in the show notes. So, which, and they will be organized. <laughs> so, uh, the information will be in the show notes, and your website is excellent. And they'll be able to get onto your calendar through your website. And there's yes. a link there. So, because I also use the link so they can find you there. I can't thank you enough for joining me today. Thank you so very much. It was my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.